If you would, take your Bible and turn to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. This week is spring break, and so we have a couple of changes to our schedule. We don't gather on Wednesday night for our meal and our uh, groups on Wednesday night, so we, we're not doing that. However, we're going to continue to meet on Sunday night for our worship service, so we're back here at 5 o'clock, singing from the hymnal, studying God's Word, praying together. So we've got that happening, but we won't be doing any of our midweek things, midweek activities and groups this week, so just wanted to... Uh, to make sure you're aware of that. We're continuing this morning our study of the Gospel of Mark, just working our way a little bit at a time through this, through this book. And as we, as we think about Mark's Gospel, what we've seen in Jesus, the way his ministry is developing and how last week he got away, not because he didn't love people, he got away because so much of his ministry was interacting and caring for people who are hurting and struggling. And he got away so he was able to help people who are hurting. And over the next couple of weeks, we're really going to see that on display as Jesus interacts with people who are in incredibly difficult situations in life, and we see his love and compassion on display and, and how we're meant to respond to that. So we're going to study these verses this morning, and then at the end of the service, we're going to have a chance to stand up and celebrate that, remember that through music. But at the end of the service today, we also are going to have a chance for you to respond, to come for prayer and I know we do this in different ways at Emmaus, but this morning is very straightforward. If you are here this morning and you need to trust in Jesus for salvation, you've gone to church a long time and you've never given your life to Jesus, you haven't been in church in a long time, and this morning God is calling you to trust in him, calling you to salvation, you're going to have a chance to respond and let us be able to pray for you and encourage you in that. Come down here at the front and pray at the front, here at these steps. Whatever that looks like, you're going to have a chance to do that at, at the end of the service. Our verses this morning that we're looking at are going to be Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 45. Um, before I read that, guys upstairs, if you can give me a little bit more in this monitor, I feel like I'm yelling. I'm not really hearing myself. Um, not that I need to hear myself, but <laughs> I'm less likely to, to yell. So, all right, thank you for that. That helps. Mark chapter 1, verse 40. And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once, and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places, and people were coming to him from every quarter. Let's pray together this morning for our students and for our time in God's word. Father, thank you for our teenagers and adults who are on this trip to Memphis, God, I pray that their hearts would be open to your work in their lives. God, that you would use them uh, to proclaim and display Jesus. God, that they would do that there, and it would even open their eyes to how they can do that more here in their schools, in their neighborhoods, where you place them. And God, thank you for our teenagers. God, it's so easy in our world to uh, not fully grasp how hard 
it is for them to grow up in a world like we have. Um, and if we're not careful, we end up talking down to them or missing that. And, and God, we just want to be so thankful for those kids and preschoolers and teenagers that you put in our lives here at Emmaus. Father, help us to do a good job as a church to continue to grow up together in the Lord, to encourage one another across generations. And Father, I pray that from your word this morning that we would see how this famous story of a leper coming to Jesus is such an incredible picture of the gospel message. God, help us to understand the gospel more when we leave here today. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So we're gonna jump in the deep end a little bit at the beginning of, of this message. I want to use a couple of questions that I was able to adapt from a sermon by David Plath. This is not David's sermon because I can't preach his sermon in any, any way, but these questions I found really helpful. They're hard, they're, they're emotional, but I think they're also able to get you into what this passage means and, and help you personally connect with what's going on in Scripture. So I'm gonna walk through these questions, and I would just ask you to be reflective in your own life as we go through these. Um, so let's just jump into the deep end. Here's the first question. Do you ever feel unclean or dirty because of something you have done or because of what someone else has done to you? Do you ever feel unclean or dirty, either because of something you've done in your past or because of something that's been done to you? And the key words there are unclean or dirty, that feeling that someone would carry around with themselves. Here's the second question. If you don't have time to get these questions written down, I'll be glad to email them to you later. Just let me know. Second question. Do you ever struggle with guilt or shame over something you have done or guilt or shame because of someone, what someone else has done to you. Here's that feeling of guilt or shame that we carry around because maybe something that's happened way, way, way in the past, either you've done or it's been done to you and you just carry that guilt, you carry that embarrassment, you carry that shame, you feel like people are always thinking about you, thinking about what you've done in the past. Number three, do you ever feel afraid of what others might think about you if they knew what you had done or what had been done to you. So this is not only guilt and shame, but this is that feeling of fear that just kind of weighs on your shoulders. What if people found out? What if they knew? What if they knew this about me? That, that fear of being exposed, that fear of being found out. Do you ever live with that kind of fear in, in your life? And then finally, the fourth question, do you ever feel alone because of what you have done or because of what has been done to you? Maybe something happened in your past and you've tried to move past that situation, but you still feel pushed to the side. You feel like your family's pushed you to the side. You feel like friends have pushed you to the side. Maybe no one's pushed you to the side, but you just feel like you live with loneliness because of something that has happened in your past. Unclean or dirty, Guilty, shameful, afraid, alone. Can I give you a picture from scripture of what it looks like to feel that way? Mark chapter one, verse 40. What does it look like to feel and live that way? Well, here's a very simple story. A leper came to Jesus. That phrase in your Bible, <laughs> I know we only made it like five words in that sentence. That phrase in your Bible should blow your mind. 
absolutely blow your mind. Here's this leper, and we're going to talk about leprosy for a few minutes here, but here's this leper who comes to Jesus, and as we're going to find out, Jesus doesn't reject the leper, but he comes near, draws near to this one who is hurting and brokenhearted. What do we know about leprosy? What, what does it mean that here's a leper that has come to Jesus? In the Old Testament, we pick up this idea of leprosy, and, and you can read more about this in Leviticus chapters 13 and 14. I would encourage you not to read Leviticus 13 and 14 right after you've eaten, uh, because it is a very uh, descriptive couple of chapters in the Bible about different skin issues that, that people can have, and, and it, it might turn your stomach a little bit as you read through Leviticus 13 and 14, and you see this idea of leprosy. There's a very particular type of leprosy that still exists in contemporary life, uh, contemporary world, that's called Hansen's disease, often is, is the way it's known, but when you see leprosy in your Bible, don't equate leprosy in your Bible with one particular disease in the modern world. Leprosy in the Bible was this umbrella term that covered up to 72 different types of skin issues that someone could have. And so if you're someone who's dealt with skin problems in, in the past, this was an umbrella term for anybody that dealt with some type of skin condition. And it wasn't a skin condition that was just seen as a physical problem. It represented being unclean. It represented being cut off in some way. Oftentimes, we read in Scripture about leprosy, and it's seen as something that was inflicted by God. You go back and you read the story uh, in Numbers of Moses' sister Miriam, or, or you read about Naaman, or you read about King Uzziah, these figures who, because of arrogance or pride, they found themselves facing leprosy. And so leprosy wasn't just a physical reality. It wasn't just a medical condition. It was seen as a social condition as well. Because you had leprosy, because you were inflicted in this way, you didn't just have to be healed, you needed to be made clean. And so you had to go to the priest and you had to present yourself to the priest. Lepers, as many of you knew, uh, they had to walk around with their clothes torn. They walked around with the bottom part of their face covered up. Now this is going to start to feel eerily, eerily similar to, to the world in which we've lived recently. Walked around with the bottom part of, of their face covered, calling out, unclean, unclean. And there was social distancing that happened with lepers. A leper had to stay 50 paces away from another person. Now that makes our like six feet <laughs> look very different of what we've lived through recently. But a leper would have to stay 60 feet away from another person. Ultimate social distancing in this situation. Here's someone who's been physically affected because of this, this disease they have, this leprosy they have. But think about, think about the emotional impact of this. Think about how that type of life affects you mentally. This had spiritual implications because they were cut off from the temple, couldn't participate in, in the acts of worship. Think about the way that that affects you socially, how you have this situation that then cuts you off from everybody else around you. And then leprosy began to become an analogy, began to become a symbol of sin and brokenness in the world, this idea of being unclean and dirty. And we even find some of our early sources, uh, like a guy named Josephus that gives us some information from the ancient world. Leprosy even became known as the walking dead. The lepers were the walking dead. It was as if they were dead themselves. What did we find out from leprosy? It was a condition 
that you on your own could never fix. You couldn't undo your leprosy condition on your own because even if you're physically made well, you were still socially cut off. Couldn't fix it on your own and it was as if you were dead and so they equated the healing of leprosy with resurrection, with being made alive again. Now you take that reality and you think about the ministry of Jesus and the way the gospel looks. Here's this thing that's affected me and it's affected my emotions, it's affected my mind, it's affected my body, it's affected my relationships. It's as if I am dead and I can't fix this situation on my own. The only way I can be fixed is by the power of God as if I've been raised from the dead. That sounds familiar. That sounds like something we can recognize in our own lives. What it is to be unclean and afraid and alone and ashamed to live in that type of reality, what is your only hope? Your only hope is that you might run into a guy named Jesus who could do something about this. Look at the whole verse. Look at the whole verse of verse 40. This leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling before said to him, If you will, if you are able, if you are willing to do this, you can make me clean. This leper, in coming to Jesus, it's hard to imagine the type of faith that this would have taken. When he comes to Jesus and says, if you will, he's showing humility before Jesus, but he is showing a radical type of faith because they just did not do this. He's broken every imaginable rule. this hits a little too close to home for, for many of us because of the world we've lived in, but this would be like the person who has COVID or has COVID and all the fear that's re- revolved around that for the last couple of years, just showing up at your door unannounced. And you're like, whoa, wait, hey, if you told me we were coming, you know, we could have probably uh, figured out a way to, uh, to do this appropriately, but this is audacious. This is a radical way to come before Jesus, just to come and say, if you will, if you want to, you are able to make me clean because think about if you're this leper you've been cut off you're ashamed you're dirty you're afraid and you come to Jesus think about how you could be received Jesus could reject you not want anything to do with you all the reports you heard about Jesus could be untrue that he doesn't have the power to heal you you could come to Jesus and he could just send you away and say go figure this out on your own You could come to Jesus and he could heal you, but then in some way want to use you or not allow you to be restored to the community. This leper is putting everything in front of Jesus. He's heard about Jesus, his authority and his power, and he says, this guy is my only hope. How does Jesus respond to him? Verse 41, moved with pity, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will, I want to do this, and I'm able to do this, be clean. And immediately, the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. Now the idea of being made clean there is important because he needed to be healed, but not just healed, he needed to be purified, he needed to be restored to this community. Now it says there at the beginning of the verse, moved with pity. Most translations that you're, that you're reading from right now probably say moved with compassion. That's a very common translation uh, of that phrase there, moved with compassion. Some translations, uh, something like the New International Version, would say moved with indignation, as if Jesus is frustrated or angry about what's going on here. 
This is one of those situations where in the history of the Bible coming to us and being copies being made over, over the centuries, there was one set of copies that used a word that was very similar to frustration or anger. And there was another set of copies that used a word that was very similar to compassion or, or pity. The core idea here is that Jesus feels deep emotion about this. He feels compassion toward the person who is hurting, toward the leper, but he also feels anger and frustration and indignation about the whole situation. Uh, so let's imagine there's somebody in your life who's hurting, who's struggling, who feels alone, who feels unclean. They're, they're just in a hard place in life. You feel compassion toward them at the same time that you feel anger about the situation. It, it's possible for both of those emotions to exist simultaneously. You care so much about this person that your emotions are at this level and you want to show compassion to them, but you just feel anger about everything that has led to this situation happening. Jesus cares deeply, and he reaches out, and he does what? He touches the leper. Now, this is incredible. I know it's a Bible story that we're familiar with, that we've heard before, but don't miss how radical this is, that Jesus reaches out, and what should have made Jesus unclean makes the leper clean. This is kind of like that passage about Jesus' baptism, that Jesus, when he was baptized, the water didn't make him clean, he cleansed the water. In the same way as he reaches out and touches the leper, he's not made unclean, but he is able to provide cleansing, healing, restoration to this leper. Jesus is completely transforming everything these people know about what it is to be made right with God. He's doing this by his compassion, by his desire to deal with the root of this issue that this man is facing, he reaches out and it says the leprosy immediately left him. It's the same word for exorcism. <laughs> that the leprosy was exercised, was sent out of his life just like you would send a demon out of someone that had a demon. Verse 42, actually verse 43. Verse 43, what does Jesus do next? Jesus sternly charged this man, this leper, and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. Okay, now this is another one of those moments in the Gospel of Mark that seems so strange, because you would think Jesus would send him out and say, hey, go tell everybody about this. But he says, whatever you do, don't go tell people what has happened here. Why? Because he knows confusion is going to result from this, that, that the ministry of Jesus is still unfolding. A couple of weeks ago, Amanda and I were watching an interview that Jimmy Fallon was doing with Lin-Manuel Miranda, the, the guy who wrote um, uh, Hamilton and then wrote Encanto and has done a couple of other different movies. And he was talking to Fallon about when he was writing that song that's got stuck in all of our heads now about like, don't talk about, we don't talk about Bruno, um, he was writing it at home and his kids kept running around the house singing the song before the movie had ever come out. So Lin-Manuel Miranda said he had to have a conversation with his kids about we don't talk about, we don't talk about Bruno at school. Like you don't sing this song at school, you don't sing this song when you leave the house, you can't spread the word about this song until the movies actually, actually come out. This idea that we don't want something to spread, like we can't let this get out right now, this is not the right time. Jesus tells this leper, what has happened to you is very good, 
We just can't let this information get out. This is not the right time to do this. But what I do want you to do is I want you to go and show yourself to the priests, to the religious leaders. Why? Because it would be a testimony to those religious leaders of what Jesus came to do. He was sending this leper out, this cleansed leopard. He was sending him as an advertisement to the religious leaders of the Messiah has come. Get ready. So what does this guy do? I'm sure he goes out and follows Jesus' instructions, except he doesn't. <laughs> Verse 45. What does this guy do? Verse 45. He went out and began to talk freely about it. This is one of the most blatant disobedient. Like you tell your kid to do X and they do exactly Y. Like you, you could have a red button that says don't touch this button and there's no way that button is not gonna be touched. Like Jesus said whatever you do, don't go out and talk about this and the first thing he does is he goes out and talks about it. He went out and began to talk freely, openly about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town but was out in desolate places, and people were coming to him from every quarter. What do you see developing in these verses? What you see in this verse in particular is this challenge that Jesus is going to have throughout his ministry. He's gonna struggle with opposition from the religious leaders, from spiritual powers. He's gonna struggle with opposition from the crowds who are gonna cause all kinds of trouble. And then his disciples, those people that he has called and made clean, they're not going to get it either. It's going to take forever for them to understand what it is to follow Jesus, and he's going to continue to follow this opposition. But there's this irony that's built into the verse. This guy that's been healed and cleansed, he goes out and talks openly about what's happened, and as a result, Jesus is not able to go out in the open. He's not able to talk about it openly. Before this situation happened, this leper was on the outside and Jesus was able to be on the inside. When he cleanses this leper, and he goes out and tells everybody, now this leper is in the inside of society, and Jesus is kicked to the outside. Everything is reversed because of what Jesus has done for this leper. And if I could just tell you right now, that is the greatest news ever imaginable for you and for me. Because in what Jesus has done for this leper, he has taken upon himself the dirtiness and the shame and the rejection of this leper, and he has given his life, given his position, so this leper could be restored. Here's the connection I want you to make, and it comes from Isaiah chapter 53. If you're comfortable with your Bible and, and you want to open up to Isaiah chapter 53 or go there on your phone, we'll have the verses up on the screen for you. But what I want you to see in this story that you may have already known before you came in this morning, I want you to see how this story of this leper being cleansed as Jesus reaches out and touches him, this is a story of the salvation that Jesus offers that makes possible for every one of us. This is the gospel message. And we're gonna use a provocative title for this. <laughs> we're gonna call Jesus the leper Messiah. Now, if, if any of you uh, like some classic rock, uh, Leper Messiah shows up in Metallica and David Bowie uses Leper Messiah, but this is not at all what we're talking about, okay? Uh, very, very different, completely different. Um, Leper Messiah, though, is actually a phrase that was used by ancient Jewish rabbis because the understanding was that when the Messiah came, where would you find the Messiah? 
you would find the Messiah sitting with the lepers. And when the Messiah came, he would be a leper scholar. He would be a leper teacher. He would be one who comes before the lepers. This was an idea that was laid out about the coming of the Messiah. And you see this portrayed in Isaiah chapter 53. As we read these verses, take these verses that are about the coming of the Messiah, the coming of God's servant. Take these verses and think about them through the lens of leprosy. Think about leprosy and think about these verses here. Isaiah chapter 53 starts up there on the screen. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. Think about that. Nothing about him that we would want to look upon him. The leper who was covered with these scales and spots and skin rashes, nothing about that person externally would be desirable for someone to look at. And here's this passage about the coming of the Messiah that says exactly the same thing. What do you find in the next verse? He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. If you were gonna describe leprosy, how would you describe it? Despised and rejected, full of sorrow, acquainted with grief. Next verse. As one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Then verse four. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. When the rabbis would give this verse, the word that's up there on the third line, stricken, yet we esteemed him stricken, sometimes they would put the word leper into that spot as a, as a way of thinking about this. Yet we esteemed him, this servant of God, as if he was a leper, smitten by God and afflicted. What do we see in the next verse, though? This is such good news. The next verse, he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities, Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. Friends, every one of you in the room, whether you are a Christian or not a Christian, hear me out here. The reality of the world in which we live, the reality of sin, is that every one of us knows what it is to feel unclean, and shameful, and guilty, and afraid, and broken, and alone. We understand that reality, and some of you this here this morning, you feel that deeply. You hold on to these feelings of unclean and embarrassed and afraid and alone. And you feel that because of either something you've done or something that's been done to you. And I want you to hear this morning from a story about leprosy that Jesus has died for you in your place. That the uncleanness, the dirtiness, the shame, the guilt that you feel, he took that upon himself. That he was made accursed. He was made unclean so that you could be made clean, so that you would know life and forgiveness and hope and be restored to life that he has created for you. He is the great leper Messiah. He is the great savior, the one who has died for you in your place so that you could be made clean and set free. And if you have never known that, if you are carrying this weight, if you're carrying this fear, if you're carrying this guilt and shame, it could be gone this morning. They'd be taken away because all you need to do is turn and put your faith in Jesus. And I know that sounds too simple, too easy, 
but it requires letting go. And it requires turning to Jesus and say, I trust you. I believe in you. I put my hope in you. That you died for me and you have been raised to life and I can have life. And if you're here this morning, I pray that you will do that this morning. I pray that you will trust in Jesus for salvation. I know you might have questions. You might have other things around this. But just know that he died for you in your place. What does it look like to experience this? What does it look like to experience the gospel? I just laid a couple of things out for us to think about. We come to Jesus. We confess our need to be made right, to be made clean. We're restored to life and community, to be able to be with people. Think about those who have struggled through COVID and been cut off from the relationships, the emotional and mental and social impact that that has, what it means to be restored to community, be restored to be with people and the image that is of the gospel. And then that we're sent out to display Jesus' hope and love and compassion to others. Before we wrap up, I want to say one more thing, and I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to sing, and I pray that you will come and pray that you'll respond to the Lord. Let me say one more thing before I wrap up. You may be here this morning, and you would say, I'm certain that I'm a follower of Jesus. I've trusted in Jesus for salvation. I believe that's true. He's made me clean, but I struggle to remember that on a daily basis. Because I guarantee you there are people here this morning who are Christians, who are followers of Jesus, and you still carry around feelings of being unclean. And you still carry around feelings of being ashamed and guilty and afraid and alone. Because it's one thing to trust in Jesus and say, I know you've taken those things. And it's a whole other thing to then live that out and experience that freedom. And so if you're here this morning and you say, I know I'm a Christian, but I need to be reminded today that Jesus took my shame and he took my guilt and he took my fear and he took my loneliness. And this morning, that before you walk out of this room, you would embrace that again. You would remember that. You would come forward for prayer. You would sing the psalm we're gonna sing with all your heart. You would ask someone to pray over you. Just, just find somebody you trust and say, something from my past continues to hang with me. For some reason, I can't get past this fear or this guilt or this shame. Would you pray for me? Allow the gospel to be good news to your heart this morning. Let me pray for you. We're going to sing a wonderful song together, and we're going to respond to the Lord's word right now. Father, thank you for this story of the leper. Uh, it's a story that our kids hear about in, in Sunday school and vacation Bible school. It's a story that... Maybe until we've gone through COVID the last couple of years, it's been hard to understand the intensity of the emotions for, for those who struggle with leprosy, who were faced with leprosy. But God, we've seen this morning what an incredible picture of the gospel it is. That when we bring our dirtiness and shame and guilt and fear and loneliness and we lay it before Jesus, he doesn't reject us. He doesn't tell us to get our life together. He reaches out with compassion and touches and says we are clean because of what he has done for us. And God, I pray that we would never get over how incredible that message is. That we would never get over how incredible the salvation is that comes through Jesus. God, I pray if there's anyone here who's never trusted in Jesus for salvation, 
that today, that today that they would turn to him and say, I trust you, I need you, would you save me? And God, I pray for friends, guests who are here in the room and they're carrying feelings of brokenness and shame and guilt and fear. Maybe they've carried this for decades and people, nobody around them knows what they're carrying. God, I pray that this morning from this simple Bible story that you would remind them of what the good news of Jesus means in their lives. And God, that you would bring freedom to people today. God, that there would be confession and repentance and freedom because of the gospel message. God, would you do that in hearts right now? God, would you call us to sing and to pray right now as we prepare to go out? And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.